Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Largo Road near downtown Largo, or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Sergio Leone, the master of adventure, who brought you a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more, and the good, the bad, and the ugly, now brings Rod Steiger and James Coburn together to blow you apart. (laughs) Duck, you sucker. Steiger as one, a mean, filthy, greedy, rotten, bloodthirsty bandit. When his finger gets itchy, someone gets scratched. James Coburn as John, the exploding Irishman, a walking stick of dynamite with a very short fuse. Rub him the wrong way, and he'll go off in your face. Duck, you sucker. You understand now? I think you say, firecracker. Together, they'll blow you apart. We are like two brothers. I mean, you you make the holes with the holy water, and I walk in and do the dirty work, eh? You come here to join the revolution. Oh, one was enough for me. Fuck you, suckers! I think we should get out of here. Well, you can't leave. Now you're a great, grand, glorious hero of the revolution. I'm talking about revolution. Trust me. No. Oh, Duck, you sucker. <laughs> Steiger and James Coburn 
together, they'll blow you apart. Duck, you sucker. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the Wayback and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hi, this is Sam Posey, formerly a racing driver and today a commentator for NBC Sports covering Formula One. And you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio on this soggy, soggy Tuesday afternoon. Be sure and check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Golfstream Motorsports, and Nostalgic Radio and Cars. If you've missed any of our past shows, you can go to our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, and you can see our podcast page. And you can hear all our great 235 famous shows. Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Do you know for a fact it's 235? I'm extremely impressed if you know that for a fact. This is the 235th. Actually, it's probably 236. Or, yeah, 235, 36, somewhere around there. I'm pretty close. Wow. Yeah. What do you think about that? You know right. why? I'll because give you credit. I, I know that because I have to upload the podcast. Yeah. And I know what the numbers are. How about that? So, do you want to go up to uh, Massachusetts and uh, help those no. guys are push you that snow into the, into the, what is 70, it, the Boston Harbor? 70 inches of snow in 30 days. That's is that, two and a half inches of snow per day. Is that a record? I It has to be. Wow. I mean, I I I never saw that. I lived there for 30 years. So we're lucky, huh? I mean, that's a lot of snow. They're they're talking about instead of plowing this, there's nowhere to put the snow, so they're going to plow the snow into the water. I think they should put it on trucks and take it to Tennessee and drop it in Al Gore's front yard. Well, it wouldn't make it to Tennessee. It, it would melt it by the time it got to like put DC. It, put, it, put it in freezer, freezer reefer trucks. Like, <laughs> I, I just can't imagine that that's, much snow. That's mind blowing. I've never heard that before. They've actually said we have no place to put it. We've got it, and it's not melting, is it? No. I mean, well, if you think about it, thirty-two degrees is freezing. Yeah. So how often do you see? How often do you see it snow when it's above 32 degrees? Not very often. No, not so in order for the snow to melt, it has to be getting above 32 degrees at some point during the day. But if it's two and a half inches every single day for a month, it's and a obviously it wasn't. You know, there was one day where there was 24 inches or 36 inches in two days, uh-huh. you know. But I, I can't even imagine. And in a big city like that... That's got to be mind-boggling. It's got to I mean, be totally chaotic. Imagine how many people are sitting at home not working, which you might think is a great thing, but, I mean, at some point, it's not. No, it creates hardships. It's not a good thing. Yeah. I mean, when you're out of work for a week, you can't even... People, how do you even get out of your door? Food. And the necessities alone would be uh, would, would create a lot of stress and anxiety. Yeah. So. I mean, they don't make... They don't make trucks that big. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. Anyway, on to a lighter note. Let's see. What do we got going on this week? Oh, yeah. Here, this weekend, Sunday in our own backyard, we don't have any snow, but we're going to have a big car show, and it's cruising at the Capitol by our good friends at Ruth Eckerd Hall are putting this thing on. Of course, there's going to be a movie in the afternoon, a bullet movie at the Capitol Theater. There's expected to be somewhere around close to 200 cars. That's a lot of cars. They're going to be lying down uh, Cleveland Street, starting, let's say, like at uh, Fort Harrison, all it's going to be roped off all the way down around where Maz Brothers used to be, all the way down the waterfront. So this is a big deal. This is the second 
annual car show cruising at the capitol so be sure and be there yours truly will be there on sunday okay we'll have our little tent set up and we're going to have uh some of our sponsors and vendors will be there vendor buddies um let's see what else oh yeah you know what there's no excuse now in order for you guys to all show up there keep in mind friday no saturday saturday is uh is chris help me out here saturday valentine's day yes saturday okay. is valentine's day so if you but it's also friday the 13th it's all again, really? Friday the 13th? Friday the 13th, and then That's Saturday odd. the 14th is Valentine's Day. Two months in a row, because next month in March, we're having a Friday the 13th. Well, right. Well, you know why? Because there's only 28 days in February. In, in, exactly. And so it's always... Works out that February way, and March are always going to be identical. Are they really? With the exception of leap year, because there's 28 days, and there's seven days in a week, so... That's true. That's seven true. times four. Good, good point. You know, remember the whole math thing? Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's been a few years, but uh, yeah, now I get it. Well, I'm spoiled. I use a calculator now. Yeah, you do. Five something. plus four. Quick, grab the Put calculator. Nine. I got that one. <laughs> hey, got Okay, anyway, uh, let's see. All right, so if all you guys are good to your sweeties on Saturday, Valentine's Day, then I can expect to see all you guys on Sunday the 15th. Okay, Monday the 16th. Uh, at Ruth Eckert Hall, Alice Cooper comes into town. Now, that is going to be a cool concert. So I'm a big Alice Cooper fan. I had a number of good songs back in the day. Probably the most famous one was uh, I'm 18. And then, of course, in 70, let's see, 72, graduated from ninth grade. It was School's Out for Summer. Remember that song? I do. I think that, that's like a ritual song every year when graduation comes around, right? Yeah. That's a cool That's song. one of those songs that no matter how old you are, you'll always know it. Yeah, it's kind of may You may forget who it's, who it's by, mm-hmm. but... As soon as it comes on, you're like, I remember this song. Yeah. I remember it probably just as well as you remember it. Yeah. Probably exactly. just as well as your son remembers it. Yeah, we'll remember it when he graduates yeah, yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah. Exactly. Plus, he's an Alice Cooper fan. But anyway, so the uh, the real shock jock or shock uh, uh, got before the days of Kiss, before the days of Ozzy Osbourne and all that stuff, oh, Alice ooh, Cooper D- oh, started cross-dressing or whatever. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, D. Snyder, too, another one. Oh, it's his band? Uh, Twisted, Twisted Sister. Sister. Yeah. yeah. And, I want to rock. Yeah. Actually, we're trying to get him on the show because he's a car guy. He hangs out at New York all the time. He's got a radio show up there. So we're going to see what we can do with getting him on the show. Actually, a couple other guys we're trying to get on. We're trying to get uh, uh, Billy Gibbons is supposed to be coming on. Billy uh, Gibbons. ZZ Top. Okay. Mike I saw. I saw them. Did you see them when they were down here? I missed it. I was out of town. I was in uh, SEMA. And I saw Las them. Vegas. They played uh, Tropicana Field. Yeah. And then, uh, well, Mark Farner, Grand Funk Railroad, was also here when I was out of town, too. So. Oh, no. Um, and see who else we're going to have. Uh, Michael Anthony from Van Halen is supposed to be coming on. Okay. Uh, Aaron Hagar, which is Sammy Hagar's son, but Sammy Hagar is actually coming in concert. And there's a good possibility, I'm not promising, but we might be able to get an interview with him because he's also a car guy. So all the car guys that know how to play guitar, we're working on getting them on the show. Isn't it kind of like a rite of passage in order to be you know, a car guy, you've got to have really long hair and play guitar? Yeah, I don't know what happened to me, but I got the hair. <laughs> or you, or you go the other way around. <laughs> I got the car. In order to play guitar, you gotta drive an old, you know, muscle car. Yeah, something like that. Something <laughs> Sit cool. in the garage on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and listen to nostalgic radio and car reruns. Re- yeah, and restore the car. <laughs> restore the car. Okay, what else we got going on? Okay, March six, FOS Festivals of Speed, right down here in our own backyard in uh, St. Petersburg at the Vinoy Park. The following week, March fourteenth. Uh, Festivals of Speed again up at Amelia Island. Auto Retro, March 13th, which happens to be a Friday. Okay, that's uh, our all Porsche sale. Go visit our website, hollywoodwheels.com, and you can see the all the inventory that we got here recently is just mind-boggling. We have some amazing, amazing 
Porsche race cars coming. I'm really excited about this. There's a number of cars that I think are pretty cool. So go check out our website, HollywoodWheels.com, and you can see some really cool Porsches on there. I mean, we've got a real live 90, 1996 uh, Carrera RSR, very rare car. We've got some um, 962. We got a 962 coming, which is a very rare car, milestone car for Porsche. We have uh, a 924 Carrera GT R. We have a 944 Carrera coming. We've got a number of 911s, early 911s. We've got 356s. We've got a slant nose, a bonafide uh, 930S coming, Euro card that would belong to Alan Johnson Racing. It was his personal car out of California, and Alan Johnson was kind of like the uh, comparable to Brumos Racing uh, of the east of the West Coast. And of course, we have the Peter Gregg car, the 1973 911S slash. I'm going to make you an RS kind of car, and that's exactly what it did. So that car's got some real historical significance to it. So we got some pretty cool cars coming. Auto Retro, uh, Amelia Island Select is on. Saturday, that's all the cool classic cars. They are those cars are also listed on our on our website. We've got a, a real live Heritage Edition Ford GT coming. We've got Boss 429, a Hammy Superbird, a Bantam, a Kaiser Darren. That's just to name a few. Some pretty cool stuff. Okay, uh, a number of vintage mid seventies Corvettes, an L eighty eight Corvette, a gorgeous sixty nine Camaro. Just too many cars to list. There's a ton. Check out the website. Really cool stuff. And then of course Sunday. The 15th is the 20th anniversary of the Amelia Island Concourse. And that is probably the coolest show. If there's ever a show that you need to go to on the eastern seaboard, it's the Amelia Island Concourse. You have to put that on your bucket list. It's not just the Amelia Island Concourse that's, that takes place on, on Sunday. It's the whole week-long event. When I say week-long, it actually starts on, on Wednesday. So there's car stuff going on. There's cruises. There's drives. There's seminars. There's anybody and everybody that's who's who in the car world will be there. This year, the guest of honor at the Amelia Island Concourse is Sterling Moss. It's the 20th anniversary. And Sterling is back because he's commemorating the 20th anniversary with everybody because he was the first guest of honors. And, you know, he's been on our show. He's legendary. I mean, you talk about one of the coolest, smoothest drivers ever on the planet. It was Sterling Moss. And he set the standards. I mean, guys like Juan Fangio, Phil Hill, you know, Dan Gurney, American also, you know. And, of course, Carroll Shelby. Those are some of the top drivers of the golden era. Well, Sterling Moss and Fangio and Carroll Shelby. And uh, Phil Hill were really right out of the golden era, which was the 50s, when they had the coolest cars, when cars really started to evolve into what we know today is some true innovation, true classic cars, true speed, um, just amazing stuff. But um, at any rate, let's see. Oh, yeah, on the 21st of the month, we've got the Brian Redmond Target 66 down at Palm Beach International Raceway. And, of course, the Boca Grand Concourse. Man, there's so much stuff going on. It's just hard to uh, keep up with that. What do we got in the turntable? We got something classic and nostalgic, don't we? Yeah, you know, I heard you talking about um, this uh, guy here that. Uh, our good buddy Alice Cooper. Our good buddy Alice Cooper, who was originally from Michigan, moved to Arizona, and then went back to Michigan to forge his career in the rock and roll music, along with guys like Mark Farner and MC5 and Ted Nugent and. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs from uh, Alice Cooper. It's called Caught in a Dream. Yeah. Fire that baby up. I want to hear. I want my ears to blow out of my head. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Um, my name is Piero Rivolta, president of Rivolta Group, and uh, I love to listen to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You know what? Now, that gentleman that just came on and did that line for us, that gentleman was named was Piero Rivolta, and mm-hmm. he is the... If you're familiar with the car, the Izetta, and you will probably remember the TV show Urkel. Oh, yeah. Well, it was uh, Family Matters. Okay. Well, Urkel had, Steve a, Urkel. Little, right, he had a little Izetta in one episode. That was is that that little rounded car that's that kind of exactly looks like right. the Jetson Mobile? That's, and this is a gentleman that created that car. Okay. Okay. So that car was created because his father built, uh, I think, little motorcycles and tractors and little and refrigerators and things of that nature. It was called ESO something, 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 something. Okay. So they, when he was, he's, he's very, his, his storyline is very similar to that of the Porsche family. So he was one of the older sons. He became an engineer and a car designer. And then he decided, well, as opposed to just having these little Izettas running around and little scooters and stuff, let's build a really cool sports car. So he designed the Iso, the Iso Revolta. And that was the first, one of the first very early 60s, let's call it a uh, a quasi-Italian cool sports car with a, a, a General Motors at the time. They've, they used both Ford and Chevrolet, but they used Chevrolet Corvette drivelines in them. So these, the Revolta is a very cool, cool classic car, and by today's standards, it's a very, very sought-after car. Later, they came out with the Iso Griffo, which is a very, very cool car, and they actually built some Formula One cars, and then they sold the company. And uh, But Isos uh, are very, very cool cars. In fact, uh, one of the cars that he built was in the late 60s, early 70s. It was called the Iso Lele. And it was to it was in honor of his wife because his wife's name is Layla. And he was a guest on our show. He's a super nice guy. And he will more than likely be at Amelia Island this weekend. And so we got a super guest for you this afternoon. I think what we're going to do is we're going to get our guest on the phone. Chris is going to fire up the turntable again. How are we doing there, Chris? Uh, we've got, um, what do I got on tap for you? We've got a little jazz tonight, too. We're going we're gonna to go from rock and roll, or rock, to a little jazz music, right? Yeah, I think you like this one. Yeah, this is kind of, we're in the kind of like the 70s genre right now. So this is kind of uh, Donald Fagan, Steely Dan, kind of kind of cool jazzy, kind of like a pre-hip-hop kind of. It's kind of a groovy song. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. This is... What is it? Island to the Skyway or something like that? What's the name of the song? Uh, Trans Island Skyway. Trans Island Skyway. Hey, 
You tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We'll be right back with our special guest of the evening. That phone dial. Phone dial. Radio dial. Denham, that is a 1963 Ferrari 250 GT Lusso, owned and raced by the coolest cat who ever lived, Steve McQueen. This was his baby, and now it's my baby. You got Steve McQueen's car parked in your living room? And here I thought you were... I paid a million for it ten years ago. I wouldn't sell it for ten times that. We're 65 stories up. How do we get out of here? You don't. This car was taken apart piece by piece and reassembled inside this room. Well, this car will eventually be sold at auction with the rest of your belongings. Only if I'm guilty, Agent Denham, which I'm not. This is Sterling Moss, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. And I'm delighted to have this gentleman on our show because this is probably this gentleman is probably one of the most knowledgeable car guys and passionate car guys on the planet. He truly is. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening the founder and chairman of the Amelia Island Concourse and my good friend Bill Warner. Bill, are you there? Robert, how are you? Pretty good. Hey, what is that 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 little lead in there? Was it was it uh, uh, Robert Alda or Alan Alda talking about the Steve McQueen car? Yeah, exactly. It was from the movie uh, Tower Heist. No, I'll have to get that one. Yeah, I just saw it the other night, and I said, how appropriate, because I know you're in Italian exotics. You're coming back from uh, Retromobile. Italians are the hottest car, so, hey, what a segue. Boy, I tell you what, the the stuff was selling over there at the auctions through the moon prices. I don't know if you saw it, but that barn find Ferrari California Roadster belonged to Elaine Dulan, and when he was dating Jane Fonda, sold for 20 million dollars i mean 20 you could buy two restored ones for what someone paid for that one bill can you rationalize that for me i saw that absolutely and- not no i can't you know uh I, I sit there in just amazement that someone would pay that kind of money now you know a lot of people say well look at art there's certain paintings that sell for 300 million dollars i said 
it's not the same, I don't think. Yeah, cars are art, but they're not an art form like a Degas. You know, the cars can be restored and raced and wrecked and restored and raced and all that, you know, that sort of stuff. But artwork is artwork. You don't, you don't restore artwork. And uh, I just, I don't, I don't find any logic in it. It's, well, now, you have a very, very beautiful car. You have a very rare Maserati Ghibli Spider, and I saw yeah. that car at, uh, you had it at Winter Park this year, and that's a yeah. gorgeous car. I mean, look at how those cars have escalated in value. Well, I hope so, because I'm, I'm going to sell mine at the RM auction. You're selling that year. car? I, yeah, you know, I've had it 20 years. I've driven it maybe 200 miles. I just finished a restoration. In fact, the, the car is over at Benny Lesh's upholstery shop there in, in uh, Tallahassee getting uh, reupholstered. And uh, I just can't justify keeping something that valuable around. You know, I'm in my early 70s, and I remember in 89 when the market tanked, it took it from 1989 to 2014 to come back. And uh, I'm I'm just not going to be around when I'm in my mid-90s. And if I did, what would I do with the money, you know? Uh, Buy bibs for the drooling I do on my lapels, I don't think so. Well, Bill, let me ask you a question. While we're on the subject of Italian cars, your car was a very beautiful, is a very beautiful blue car. The Ferrari Spider, the California car that sold at Retro in in, uh, France, was also a very blue, was a blue car and very pretty. Do you think... And and I personally think Ferraris look good in blue. Do you think that the if that if those cars were red, they would substantially enhance the value of the cars, or do you think it really? No, no. no I uh, in fact I, I hate red Italian cars. I, I got a Ferrari Daytona, which is fly yellow, and the Maserati Ghibli, which is uh, I think they call it Blue Sierra or something like that. It's, and uh, first of all, certain cars look good in certain colors. A Ferrari Daytona looks great in a bright color like fly yellow, mm-hmm. even red. And there was a metallic blue in that retromobile just knocked my socks off. Maseratis, on the other hand, look better in subdued colors. Why? I don't know. It's just a Ghibli Spider doesn't look good in fly yellow, but looks fantastic in a dark metallic blue or or a black or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of taste, I guess. How's your Daytona doing? You had that at uh, at um, was it Mirror Lake a few years ago. I saw that yeah. car. That's a beautiful car. I, I drive it quite a bit. Uh, and they've gone to the moon. I mean, you talk about investments, better than the stock market. It's just, you know, the car has tripled in value in six years. Well, tell us a little bit about what well, you just came back from France. So give us some, yeah. uh, give us kind of like a little play-by-play. What went on over there? Well, they have Retromobile, which is probably one of the largest indoor shows you could ever see. It's at a big uh, convention center in Paris. <clears throat> and it's uh, primarily for older cars. And they've got a flea market inside. With rare parts, if you're looking for something for a, a very rare and exotic car, you'll find it at Retromobile. And then there's a lot of new cars for sale. And then there were three auctions in Paris. It was the RM auction uh, over at the Invalides. There was the uh, Bonhams auction at the Palace, or the Grand Palace. And then there was the Arcturial auction at, at uh, Retromobile, what they call uh, uh, Port de Versailles. And... Uh, it didn't. It didn't seem to be any lack of money. Now some of the big cars didn't sell, and I think maybe their aspirations were too high. But by and large, uh, the mid-range cars just went beyond their their estimates. It's. I I don't know if it has to do with low interest rates. I think it has something to do with it. Uh, up until recently, until the ruble collapsed, there were a lot of Russian buyers in the market, and they had plenty of money to spend and uh, 
I, I guess there's an aging populace that has rang, rung up a, a lot of cash, and they're, they're looking to buy something they always wanted. If you had to describe the profile of the buyers, let's say, for example, the gentleman that potentially bought the uh, $20 million Ferrari Spider, California car, yeah. um, do we know anything about who that was, or was it an anonymous buyer? I mean, is he a young uh, guy, older guy? rich. <laughs> okay. That's about all I can tell you. I don't know who bought it, to be honest with you. He's got an extra, he's got a spare $20 million laying in his pocket. That's little pretty... disposable cash laying around, I guess. Yeah. You know, back in, when before 89, when, when the market was hot, there were a lot of speculators out there. Now, a lot of people say, oh, the speculators aren't around anymore. I, I think they are. There always will be, mm-hmm. as long as the market keeps going up. But sooner or later, it's, it's going to adjust. And what will it cause it? Will it be some terrorist thing that causes the economies to crash? Will it be Greece going bankrupt and sticking Spain and Portugal in the same bucket and and all of a sudden the euro goes worthless? I think on one case, uh, the dollar has been kind of a refuge for these these uh, uh, troubled currencies. And, and I also think that people are looking for tangible things, whether it be art or cars or market is real? Do you think it's inflated? Do you think it's, um, I mean, yes, yeah, so let's let's go down, let's take your lower end uh, exotic cars that are bringing, look at Porsches now. Porsches are going through the roof. Well, and I don't understand that. You know, I have a 911 that I've owned for 44 years. I bought it new. Still got it. And I knew it was $7,900. Now they're talking about really, you know, one owner, good, clean cars, small bumper cars. In other words, 74 earlier, mm-hmm. uh, 200, 250,000. Carrera RSs are a million dollars. They made a lot of them. I don't understand it. I, you know, sometimes you can be so close to the forest you can't see the trees. And I think I may be there. I, I just, I flat can't understand it. Do you, well, now you're a true Porsche enthusiast, plus you, you, you race, you vintage race. Yeah. And uh, so, having said it about Porsches, for example, because that's the that's the talk of the town now lately, is because uh, yeah. I'm into Porsches too. I'm in the 356s, and so, and yeah. I just can't believe the numbers, the values, the expectations. I was at Meekum a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know, a guy paid eighty five thousand dollars for a fifty eight 356 that was really just a nice looking car. It wasn't there wasn't there was nothing unusual, no sunroof, no yeah. options. Uh, it just blew me away, you know. And they paid. What? Go ahead. You know, one of those, uh, the barn find cars that they had at Arcturial, uh, the, the big barn in France where they found the Ferrari and all that mm-hmm. stuff. There was a 356C, anyways. Yeah. I mean, it had more rust on it than you'd ever seen in your life. I mean, the car was crusty, and it went for 120 grand. I mean, whoever buys it, uh, you know, if it's retrievable, uh, well, everything's retrievable. I mean, you write enough checks, you can fix anything. That's true. But it, <laughs> it's, it's way, way, way too much money. Do you think? Do you think that, um, like, on the, in the case of a 356 and this Ferrari, do you think there was some provenance there that might? What do we got going on in the background there? Uh, it's a, my cell phone. Oh, okay. Just ignore it all. I didn't know whether there's a flying saucer or something because it sounds yeah. like War of the Worlds, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the provenance on the car, you know, uh, uh, an actor owned it and he dated Jane Fonda. That's about the only provenance. The only thing that was interesting about it was the, the car pretty much disappeared for you know about thirty years, forty years. 
Although I'm sure there's some people who knew where it was, they just weren't talking. Well, but, it's... Uh, it wasn't like it won a race anywhere or was used in any movie somewhere or something like that. Yeah. Well, the other cars that were there, the, there was a there was a very rare, what, Delahaye? There were some Talbots there. There was all kinds yeah. of... There's a Isoto Francini in there. Some very unusual yeah. cars. So, so how'd those cars fare? Oh, through the roof. Really? There was a, a Talbot with body by Sauchik. Okay. And the car is crushed in the rear quarter. It had corrosion over everything. It was... As nasty a project as you'd ever see. It went for a million nine. That's you know. What's um, a what's a nice one it, worth? I don't know, a million eight. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay. Well, I mean, it's I my. Know, I don't know. You know, a, a Southwick bodied Talbot. Um, you know, it's a. That's a, a very rare car. Almost, you know, it's it's, it's not something you would. Uh, you do the only thing you do is shows with it. You wouldn't do any tours or anything. I don't. I don't know. You know, there's people who want them. So well, I guess that's good. But you know, it's it's a sometimes you just can't figure it out. You know, <laughs> well, look at the far. What, what 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 was it that they dug out of a lake in Switzerland a few years back? A Mercedes of some kind. A Bugatti. A Bugatti. That's Bugatti. what it was. Bugatti. Yeah. It's on display at the. Uh, uh, Mullen Museum in Oxnard, California, in the state that they found it. In fact, they've got it submerged in water, I believe, and you know to preserve it. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I, you know, it's just a bit much for me. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about all the cool stuff and exciting events that you've got planned for the 20th oh, yeah. anniversary at Amelia Island. What's first of all? We know Sterling Moss is going to be there, so it's his 20th yep. anniversary. He was our first honoree 20 years ago. Okay. So we're bringing him back, and one of the themes that we're going to have, we set out to have 20 cars that Sterling Moss drove in his career. And as of this afternoon, we just picked up a really rare one this afternoon that's being flown over from Europe. Um, we're at 24. And um, the one that's coming over from Europe, Jaguar, is flying over the car. XK120 Coupe that's called a seven-day car. He and about a half a dozen other drivers... Um, Oh, I wish they'd leave me alone on this thing. <laughs> I'll call them back. I know who it is. Um, um, he um, he drove it. They drove it seven days and averaged 100 miles an hour. But it's about 1948. That car is coming. Of course, we have the uh, three Mercedes-Benz W196 uh, uh, cars: the Mille Miglia car, the Streamliner Grand Prix car, and the Monoposto. The Monoposto and the 722 millimeter car being flown over from the Mercedes Museum in Stuttgart. Uh, Porsche is flying over. We're doing a class of Porsche 914s. Everybody, what are you doing 914s? I think that looks like the box that came in. I said, you know, <laughs> there were some interesting ones. And the interesting ones were the race cars, the rally cars, and the 916, which was a, a car that was supposed to be a high-end 914-6. And uh, really not a kind of a pretty car. In fact, I... One of the first stories I did for Road and Track Magazine was uh, on the 916 that Peter Gregg had. They only made 11 of them, so we got one of 11. The other neat car that the Porsche factory is sending over is a 914.8, which oh, wow. has the 300-horsepower 908 engine in it, and they built two of them, one for Perry Porsche for his birthday and one for Ferdinand Pieck, who's now you know chairman of the board of uh, Volkswagen. So those are, you talk about rare, I mean one of two. Um, we're doing a, a class called Cars of the Cowboys. Oh, really? The uh, Leo Carilla 48 Chrysler Town and Country with a big steer hit on the hood. And uh, two cars by Nudie of California. 
he did these wild cars with guns and horseshoes and horses and totally tasteless. We got uh, uh, Roy Rogers, uh, Nudie Pontiac, and a Hank Williams Nudie Pontiac, and a Tom Mix Cord, and a Buck Jones Cadillac. And we 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 found the Wells Fargo Buick. It's owned by a guy in Switzerland, and it was built in '58 for Dale Robertson, who starred in the Tales of Wells Fargo. Yeah, it's got teak wood on the side. It's got carbines down the center console. I mean, it's, these cars are just absolutely off the wall. It, there's it has nothing to do with good taste. It has everything to do with being entertaining. Did uh, and, didn't, didn't John Wayne have some cars that were kind of dressed yeah. out like Western? Yeah, George Barris built him a couple of custom Cadillac station wagons. Um, we couldn't find those. We don't know if they still exist. Um, oh, one other thing we're doing is Hot Rods eats East meets West with the latest uh, <coughs> hot rod built by Steve Mole on the West Coast and the latest built by Posey on the East Coast. And then either side of the stand, we have 11 period rods from the East Coast and 11 period rods from the West Coast, including the two postage stamp cars that are out now. Wow. Uh, uh, Bruce Myers has a 32 Ford High Boy that's currently on the U.S. Postal Service stamp. And then uh, Mark Graham from South Dakota has the other one. So it's going to be pretty exciting, I think. Uh, BMW, we're doing the, the BMW 328, and they're flying over the Mila Mila winner from 1940. And uh, uh, we've got, you know, when when the war ended, they built 328s in several countries. They had they built one in East Germany called the EMW, and it's, it's coming from uh, uh, Henry and, and Rocky Grady down, down in your part of the state. And then we've got uh, a, a Fraser Nash BMW 328 coming from the, uh, uh, the Black Hawk Museum in, in Danville, California, and that was made in England. So you had English-made 328s, uh, West German-made 328s, and East German-made 328s. Interesting. But that's going to be cool. And uh, we got uh, 11 Ferrari Grand Prix cars from 52 to 91. Um we got the normal classics, you know, the run-of-the-mill Duesenbergs and stuff like that. <laughs> it's the run-of-the-mill. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's it was it's going to be a uh, well. We pulled out all stops to make our twentieth really, really memorable. Memorable now, and I, you know, the only thing I start worrying about is the weather. <laughs> Show goes on. Absolutely. Well, now, how many cars do you have total there on display? Oh, too many. My staff beats me up. Uh, Three hundred and twenty-four as of this afternoon. I remember when your limit was two fifty. That was years ago. Yeah, well, I I try to stay to 275, but I'm not very good at it. There's so much to you choose know. from. It's it's so much it's it's car candy, you know? You have to do that. Well, I guess so. I have people complain that there's so many good things out there. They miss seeing them. You know, there's just so many to see. If you if you spend a minute on each car that's out there, I mean, it's 300 minutes. That's, you know, 4 or 5 hours. The uh, at uh, I think it was Pebble Beach this year. I think this was the first time that a post-war car won. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? And how well, come it, it never happened before? And they knew it. Okay. <laughs> that was that was a deal. I think they were looking for a good post-war car for a couple of years because uh, people were complaining that they weren't getting a lot of good post-war cars because they never thought it would qualify. So I thought it was a good decision. But now you've done that before, right? Oh yeah. You've had a number of them. I mean, usually you kind of have a mix. I mean, last year what was it? The was it last year was the horse and something else? Yeah, and the scarab. And the Scarab. See, we do two best in shows. Okay. We do Concorde d'Elegance for the traditional classics. We do Concorde de Sport for race cars. Okay. And, and most of the race cars that have won, with exception of the 
Mormon meteor were or post war, you know, Miles Collier's five fifty spider coop, the scarab. Um you know, the Ford G T forty that won Lamar twice was our Concord Discord. I I think that in order to make the show interesting you've got to have a wide variety. Right. And it's hard to judge a Ferrari GTO against a Duesenberg SSJ. You're going to say one's better than the other? No, I don't think so. They're both fag- fabulous cars. So you have to you have to kind of break it up into two uh, genres of what you're picking. Mm-hmm. What's uh, Joe Bortz bringing this year? Well, Joe was being, bringing the... Uh, we're doing an orphan concept car. Concept cars from companies that are no longer in business, like the DeSoto Adventurer from Paul Gould. And Joe was bringing the Pontiac Prigian, but he's, he's got to go have a medical procedure done. Oh. Dropped up over on that slot with the Mercury XM800 from 1954. Um, You're breaking up here, Joe, or uh, Bill. Right, everybody. Um, in 1953-54, General Motors made... Uh, three concept Corvettes. Uh, one was a liftoff hardtop car. The other was the Nomad. And the third one was a car called the Corvair, which was a fastback Corvette. And they made, uh, there's an argument as whether they made two of them, three of them, or five of them. But there's one gentleman who's bringing the car down. He got all the scrap parts off of all the trim parts. And then he got the drawings from General Motors, and he has recreated the Corvair. Now, it's not the rear-engine Corvair. This is a Corvette Corvair. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's it's right down to the T's, just like it was in 1954, except that we're not sure those cars still exist. So, you know, this is going to be a re-coach work car. All right. There, it's kind of exciting to see. Let me ask you a question. What is your take on that? A car that was basically, just like the one you described, reassembled yeah. from original parts and put back together. How do you how do you define that car? Well, it, it, it's a recreation. Okay. But I don't have problems with recreations. For example, if a car doesn't exist anymore and it was important and someone does a, a really true, proper recreation, I don't have any problem with it. You don't judge it against legitimate cars. We have an award for new coachwork or recreations. For example, a car that was very, very significant was Frank Lockhart's uh, Stutz Blackhawk. And we're doing Stutz this year. The Blackhawk was a bullet-shaped race car that ran on the Daytona beaches. Well, it crashed twice, finally killed him the second time. And a gentleman named Jim Latin out in San Diego, California, has built an absolute perfect replica of it. Well, the car doesn't exist. Even the pieces of it don't exist. So the only way you really see it in 3D and be able to walk around it and appreciate it is see Jim Latin's car. Okay. Is uh, Bill Mitchell, is he, or uh, is his name Mitchell, the guy from Texas that has a bunch of Stutzes, is he bringing Yeah, he's in? bringing two Stutz. Yeah. Okay. He's a very nice guy. He's got some amazing cars. Yeah, we got 22 Stutz on the field. Um, now, one thing you and I never talked about, in the early days, you used to do some photography and writing for, was it Road yeah. & Track? Road & Track, uh-huh. How did, that, how did that come about? Was that like in, before you got in business on your own, or was that something you were doing? Was it an interim? Was it a hobby thing that just kind of evolved into uh, something? It, I took up photography when I was in school at the Citadel up in Charleston, and if you were on the yearbook staff and you, you, you were shooting pictures, you'd have to march in the parades. So I'd go out there. I didn't even need necessarily have film in the camera. You know, just keep from marching. <laughs> and I took up photography, and I really wanted to go racing and couldn't afford it. So I decided to shoot some stuff at Daytona, I think 67, 68. And I sold a sports car graphic. And magazines being historically cheap, were looking for someone who lived in Florida who could cover Daytona and Sebring. So I became it. It kind of grew from that. Okay. 
And you wrote articles as well, right? Yeah. I couldn't make a living doing it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you could do a, make a living out of it today. I was talking to uh, Brock Yates a few years back, and uh, he uh, he said it's a struggle. So did Pete Brock. He said the same thing. Yeah, well, look at the magazines that are folding now. Rod and Custom just folded. Did they really? Yeah, and that you know, that that been around. That had been around since, since the fifties. Yeah, that was one of my favorite uh, magazines. The circulation of magazines, Dan. I think for one thing, every uh, youthful guys get all their information off the internet. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. And second, I think a lot of younger people don't care about cars like you and I did. They, their social media, their social life centers around social media on their iPods. So, what do we need to do to get the younger kids involved? The up and coming crowd. What's going to happen to all these cars? I wish I, I, I wish I had an answer for you. We we talk about that in our board meetings all the time. You know, where is this going? Uh, we do the demographics on our audience, and you know, the average age of our audience is probably fifty-one. Um, that that's good when you're thinking about uh, disposable income. People fifty-one to seventy-five have more disposable income than those you know twenty-five to fifty. But uh, there, we, what we do is we we. We allow youth to come in at you know at, at uh, no charge if they're with their parents. You know anybody under twelve is free, and then we do a free show on Saturday uh, for for car clubs. We want to get the young ones out and looking at them, but I I don't think you can lead a horse to water and make them drink. They got to come by it um, naturally. And uh, when I was a kid, the big deal was getting your license at sixteen so you could go to Jacksonville Beach or do something. You know you you gained your freedom. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I don't see that anymore. Yeah, it's either, and and now we got autonomous cars coming. You won't even drive them; they'll drive us. I'm not ready for that. No, well, hey, I have a hard time with an automatic and a Porsche, so yeah, that's uh, that just doesn't make sense. Tell us about some of the seminars and some of the who's who that are going to be there tomorrow. Oh, uh, seminar on Friday will be uh, a seminar called DNA uh, of, of Design, and we've got Ed Welburn from General Motors. Okay, and he's brought down the new Buick Avenir. Uh, the Avenir was shown at Detroit. It's a concept car uh, built in Australia, probably for the Chinese market. It's a rear drive uh, built on the new uh, Cadillac CT6 platform. They'll be showing the CT6 in a few weeks in New York. And uh, we'll have the Buick Y job from 1937. And essentially what he's going to show is the DNA of a, of a car. A Buick has to look like a Buick. A Cadillac's got to look like a Cadillac. A Corvette's got to look like a Corvette. But how do you get that look when you're pushing the design envelope? You know, you're bringing the styling cues or design cues from 1937 and incorporating them in a car that's going to be built in 2016. Uh, and we got Gordon Wagner, head of design of Mercedes, and he's going to be doing the same thing. What defines a modern-day Mercedes? What styling cues tell you when you look at it, that's a Mercedes, what a, you know, three-pointed star with a... You know, uh, logo in the front, and then uh, Grant Larson, who's head of special uh, design projects for Porsche, is going to be the same thing for Porsche. You know, a 911. If you didn't know anything about cars, you saw a 1965 911, and you saw the latest in the, in the, in the Porsche 911 series. You realize, you know, they're from the same company, but from different generations. Oh, absolutely. So, that's that's the first uh, uh, seminar, and on Saturday we're doing the Car Guys of Television with uh, Barry McGuire, Wayne Carini, uh, Ray Evernham, Peter Clute from Dream Car Garage in Canada, and Dale Walksler from What's in the Barn, uh, and along with Bob Scanlon, who is the producer for uh, Velocity of all the automotive shows. Wow. 
you got a, uh, an amazing cast of characters. Oh, I, yeah, it, it's going to be pretty good. We got some interesting folks are going to be there. Yeah, Danny Sullivan's coming to judge for the first time. And really? Johnny Rutherford's going to be back, and Hurley Haywood. And, oh wow! Uh, they say Brian Redman, Vic Elford. You know, it's uh, it's going to be fine. Well, you know, we like it where people can come out and meet their heroes and have pictures made with them. They can't do that at the racetracks, you know. But they can do it, Amelia. Well, I, I talk about Amelia Island all the time. I say it's definitely one of those shows you have to put on your bucket list, and I emphasize that a lot. That's the only place where you can really get up close and personal in a casual atmosphere and meet your heroes, the legends of motorsport. I mean, it's it's, oh, a, yeah. it's yeah, great. We honored Jochen Moss last year, and he came up to me at Daytona and said, I want to come back. I said, well, okay. <laughs> come on back. So Jochen's coming back with his wife, uh, uh, Bettina, and he's just a hoot to be around. He's one of the nicest guys out there. The super guy, absolutely. I had a chance to meet him last year. What about you? Are you still racing? Yeah. I ran five races last year, blew two engines. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a good race. It wasn't a good year for, for mechanics, you know. Uh, I uh, threw a piston, uh, threw a rod and put a piston to the side of the block up at Mossport, Canada on the TR6, and then broke a push rod tube, which I've never seen one break on the TR-8 at Lime Rock. So we got the TR-6 back together and went out to Monterey with it, and it ran great at Monterey. Now the TR-8 is just going to have to wait till I get through the Concorde to fix that one. Wow. <laughs> Are there any plans for any other race cars? Uh, any class for race cars? No, any plans for you to acquire any other race cars? Or are you just no, thinking the herd, no, so to no, speak? No, not at this age. I got all I need. You got all you need? Yeah. Okay. There, well, there comes a point in your life where you just say, you know... I, I've had my fun, and I'm getting pretty close to it. You know, I'm still racing at 71. I've been racing 37 years, and I still enjoy it. But if it ever gets to the point I feel I'm dangerous, I'll quit. There well, are those who will argue that I'm dangerous anyway. Well, <laughs> well uh, Brian Redmond's got his uh, Targa 66 next week, right? Or yeah. in a couple of weeks? Yeah. Uh-huh. Are you going to be there for that? Or? Oh, no, yeah. we got too much work to do between now and March 13th. I mean, we got... We're working twelve hour days now. Wow, that's right. It's getting up to it's only what three weeks less than a month away. Yeah, thank you. I'll sleep tonight on that. <laughs> well now, all right, so if our listeners want to find out more about Amelia Island, where do they go, Bill? Uh they can go to the website, uh dot Amelia A M E L I A Concor C O N C O U R S. Don't put an E on the end. Dot org. Dot, we're a charitable foundation, so we're a dot org. Okay. And then uh, what's the what's the cost to get into the event this year? If you uh, pre-buy the tickets uh, off the Internet, it's $80. Uh, yeah, don't wait to the day. That it goes to 100 on the day of the event. But we raised the price a little bit because the crowd was so big last year that people were complaining they couldn't see the cars. So really? we raised the price, and the ticket sales are now running higher than they've ever run. So it's kind of like Pebble Beach. They kept raising their cost. I mean, if you want to see Pebble Beach, it's $300 now. $300. So we're one-third the cost, or in some cases nearly one-quarter the cost of Pebble Beach. Well, i got to tell you, outside of the fact that Pebble Beach and the location and the real estate, your show, and I mean this sincerely, Bill, your show is by far the most educational, the most historic, the most fun, the best selection. I, I, I got to tell you, I, I look forward to your show every year. You do an amazing job. I mean, it's incredible. Well, thank you. We, we feel that it's got to be 
entertaining. We realize there's some people who may come to the show, they're drug out there by their husbands or their wives to see the show, and they really don't care. So we have to give them something they can have fun with. And the cars, the Cowboys are one of them. Last year it was beach cars. You know, the, the, the little Fiat Jollies. Can you believe what Fiat Jollies are selling for now? Holy oh, moly. that's crazy. One sold at Scottsdale. Now, you understand, this is a Fiat, right? No doors, <laughs> winter interior, no yeah. top. It's got a Surrey with a fringe on it, right? Yep. It's sold new for maybe $2,500. And I saw one at Scottsdale, $175,000. I, 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 I was just... Boggles me. I'm speechless. Bill, I want to thank you very much for taking a few minutes and telling us all about uh, Amelia Island. Robert, it's my pleasure. I look forward to this every year. So do I. One so time, I, we never get a chance to talk to each other because I'm working on Concord Weekend, and, and you're, you are too. So yep. we'll just have to get together afterwards. Okay. Well, Bill, thank you very much. Everybody, go check out the Amelia Island Concourse Delegance 2015, the 20th anniversary. I want to thank my special guest, Bill Warner. Bill, I'll see you up there. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your families. And we'll see you at some of the car shows. Amelia Island. Downtown Day. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WZTF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker.